Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken and I am your host today. And I have the lovely Monique. She is visiting for another episode. Hello. <laughs> We're so <laughs> delighted to have you back. Um, when she had come previously, she had um, did an empowerment episode on repelling and kind of what that experience was like. And as a postscript, she had mentioned this crazy story about driving on the Bonneville Salt Flats here in Utah as a last second thing, an unplanned race kind of thing that she did. And we wanted her to come back and share that adventure with us today. So we'll be doing that. She's originally from Washington State and lives currently here in West Valley, married and is re retired hairdresser. And then she was saying a fun fact about her is that you grew up in Germany. Yeah, I lived um, like, I don't know, eight or nine years um, in Germany. And that encompassed my very end of my um, elementary ed all through middle school and high school. And so that's also where you learned to drive. That is where I learned to drive. So during my time there, Germany was split. There was still the East and the West. The wall mm -hmm. came down while I lived there. Oh, wow. So at one point, it, I, you know, you live on the West side of the country and there was one McBurger King. That's what it was. There's one Burger King in the entire country. And it happened to be on post, not quite on post. It was like where everyone lived. Mm -hmm. And so if any tour bus with Americans came through, they would always come through there to have Burger King. Uh -huh. So on my break, a guy friend of mine taught me how to drive in the parking lot. <laughs> That's how I learned how to drive a manual transmission. Oh, and a manual besides. Yeah, I mean, you live in Europe. You better drive a manual transmission. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get to drive any of the bigger roads in Germany? Oh, yeah. 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 Like yeah. the Autobahn and yeah, all yeah. the things? Oh, yeah, you had to. I remember growing up at one point, my mom, by the time I got my license, my mom hated driving. Hated driving. And we had to drive to Monheim for something. And my mom had me drive. Mm -hmm. And I was in the fast lane. was all the way in the left lane. And she said to me, Monique, either hit the gas or pull over. <laughs> I'm going to, at this point, I was going 220 clicks, like 220 kilometers an hour. And I thought, I don't feel completely comfortable or in control of this. I'm going to pull over. Because there was a Porsche and a BMW flying up on me. Oh, my god! you have to get out of the way. It's not like here where you just camp out in the left lane. Uh-huh. Like, you've, they're very, there's a system, mm -hmm. and you follow it, you know? And so I, I needed to move over so I didn't make them slow down. <laughs> and that was, like, I thought, what parent says that to their child? But my mom didn't want to drive, so she just, I She's was like, had to drive. I trust The you. minute I got my license, I was the driver. Oh, man. Gosh, that's so cool. So it's kind of strange. <laughs> I know. It's not normal, but here we are. I know. Here we are. So you had a really cool story about being in the Bonneville Salt Flats um, here in Utah. It's on the West Desert of Utah. And what brought you, what was, what brought you there? You said you were part of a family. Oh, it was like a family. I think if I remember correctly, my brother and I do this Bonneville Salt Flats. They used to do this race. And just for you listeners, if you're not from locally in Utah, it's an old um, lake. It's an old lake that's dried up and it's all salt. And then you have this like mountain range in the background. So just to give you like a visual mm -hmm. of what it is. 
Um, they do, they race on it every year, used to race on it every year, and they have like what's called Speed Week. And so people try to hit certain speeds, they're in certain clubs, or they try to break a land speed record. And what month of the year is that? Because I've been out there, and then like... Sometimes it's just too wet out there. Yeah, and so we got lucky, and I'm trying to see... And Monique brought this awesome scrapbook that I wish you could see of all the cool pictures. I want to say it was late summer because, <laughs> to be truthful... Like August, kind of? I think so because afterwards, um, me and my husband went over to Flaming Gorge, and I want to say it was really cold at night, and we've got a little bit of fall going on. Here. So this is right afterwards. So it was probably really late summer, early fall. Okay, because I'm trying to think the dry, you want the lake to be as dry, dry as possible. Dry as possible, yes. So we thought, oh, well, let's all go and like watch it, be a part of it, the mm -hmm. whole thing. And was your family doing any racing as well? Like yes. competing? So two brothers brought race cars. What kind of so cars? They were Corvettes. Both of them are Corvettes. My one brother-in-law, Scott Johansson, he mm -hmm. was going, um, I think it was racing in the 150 mm -hmm. club, I'm not sure. What does the 150 club so mean? You, okay, so I, where you're trying to hit one the speed of one, 150 miles per hour, you've got to come up to that speed and come back down in like, I think, a mile. Oh, wow. Is that hard? I or? think it's a mile. So it, depending on your driving skills and the... And the vehicle you have, mm -hmm. it could be, it could be not. I don't know. I've only had one experience <laughs> with it at all. Right. So I don't know. But they were doing 150. So to do that, you have to have already done the 130. And mm -hmm. I think what club. And then I think you have to do more safety training. And there's more things that are required mm -hmm. um, for you to eat, um, wear. And also um, safety things in your car. Oh, that okay. That you have to do. Yeah, for sure. So... Um, they were going to do that. My brother-in-law, Carl, bought a Corvette, and he hadn't even raced in it yet. Mm -hmm. So he stuffed my husband in it and told uh -huh. him to do it. Uh -huh. He goes, I don't know. It could blow. It could blow up. I have no idea. We have not tested this part. We have not tested it yet. Uh-huh. And so like I'm the car sitting could there, blow up? yeah, like, like, like meaning it? like the engine, oh, but of right. course I'm the wife. So <laughs> in the back of my head, I'm like, I go to worst case scenario, uh -huh. like ball of fire, you know, right? <laughs> but that's not the case. And so he did that. And then my, my brother-in-law, um, Scott was raced as well. And in his Corvette, and it's a really cool experience. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of camaraderie and people are always like talking to everybody and like asking them about their cars. And if somebody has an issue with their car, like everybody's willing to help. They have like bar stool races, like people have turned the stools or things into like little cars, uh -huh. like put little engines on them and they'll race those. <laughs> You'll see people like going around with like a cooler that they've turned into like a vehicle, <laughs> like that they'll sit on top of. Um, there's just all sorts of fun. It's just a lot of really cool energy there. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's fun people watching as well. And how can anyone just come on this week and just go, or do you have to have be part of a club? And no, we I'm not part of any club <laughs> other than the Johansson Club. I don't know. <laughs> Your family, I mean, my family. I had no nothing. So it was towards the end of the day that my husband was like, he did it. He in did my, the one fifty. He did. He did the one thirty. Uh huh. 
he was like, he turned to me and he's like, hey, go see if you can go get registered really quick before they close <laughs> registration. And I look at him, I'm like, okay, okay, I, I guess I'm doing this. Like run over there and like get registered, come back. And I'm all excited. And then he looks at me and he's like, well, you can't, you can't race in that. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you can't race in shorts, flip flops and a short sleeve shirt. <laughs> myself that would have been good to know back in the hotel so literally on the spot he says to my brother-in-law Steve Steve give her your pants so my brother-in-law is take because they have to wear these like fireproof things you know right. he's like give her your pants so I'm I'm putting his pants on over my shorts mm -hmm. they don't quite close because you know I'm a little fluffy and then and his coat wearing, did you wear his jacket no I'm wearing I think I'm wearing my husband's shirt. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm wearing somebody's shirt and it's long sleeve. Mm -hmm. And then I'm wearing my husband's shoes. <laughs> I'm not even wearing my clothes. Okay. They stuff me into the Corvette. And a helmet, right? Like and a, a helmet. Yeah, you have to wear a helmet. It's like a full face? Yeah, yeah, like... yeah. You're wearing the full helmet. Mm -hmm. There's a full helmet situation. Um, you and don't you don't have to wear like the neck the neck support that the 150 club does you don't have to have your your um hands tethered to your steering wheel like you do what? in the 150 club yeah tell me like There's why do you have things. your hands tethered i think it's so if the car rolls that you don't your arm doesn't go out like you don't you know so lose a lose a limb i guess i don't know <laughs> Um, you have to wear all sorts of fire retardant stuff. You have gloves, the whole nine yards. Like there's, and there's a lot of safety. There's safety inspections on your car. Does your car have to have like roll bars or something? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So even the Corvette that I raced in mm -hmm. had um, a racing seat. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a normal seat. It was like a racing seat with a five point harness. Yeah. Okay. And a roll. There was a roll bar. There's oh, a like roll a roll cage. cage. Yeah, there's over a roll you. cage. There's a roll cage, and I'm wearing a helmet. I don't remember if I'm wearing gloves or not. So there's a little bit of difference between the two of them. I'm not wearing gloves. I can see in this picture, I'm not wearing gloves. Uh -huh. Actually, that's my husband, but he did the same 130. Yeah, like a bare-fisted thumbs up. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> okay, we're good. And what kind of Corvette is this? It's so a red. This is a, and I had my husband tell me because I couldn't remember. <laughs> um, it's an 84 Corvette. Whoa, so it's year. older. It's older, yeah. Oh, wow. But remember, like, I'm old. So this was in 2004. So <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. an antique driving an antique. <laughs> right. Anyway, so they stuffed me into this thing, right? right? So I'm, like, all, like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. The official leans down and says to me, now, honey, like, oh, honey, just take it easy on the first one. I will just see how it feels at first. He goes, we're clocking. And I want to say it was some extreme amount of, like, wind. Like, the wind was really strong. Oh, He's wow. He's like, we've had some issues. Like, just take it easy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay. And they've all told me, like, don't start off too strong because then you're spin your tires in the salt. Uh -huh. But then... You've got to start off strong enough to get up to the speed and down. Right. So at the end of the raceway, there's, or this area that they've smoothed the salt out, there this timing, their timing equipment is mm -hmm. there. And he goes, and we've had somebody blow right through our timing equipment. We had to reset it up. <laughs> I didn't want, I didn't have the heart to tell him that that was my husband. Oh, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not telling him that. He's going to be like, you Johansons, get out of here. 
No, he was the sweetest man. And so I'm like, okay. So I just took it easy. But I wish I had enjoyed it a little bit more. I did you just so... do the one time? No, I did okay. three passes. I think okay. I did three times. So you get so many passes. Uh huh. So I, I just remember slamming it into. I like I had never driven this car before, so I didn't know where the clutch is gonna engage. Oh. So I just remember and it did. It was fine, but I remember just slamming it into first, and just watching the tachometer until it got. I think that's what it's called, right? The one with the yeah, yeah, yeah. Legs. Anyway, so I watched the tachometer until it was almost red line, and then I'd slap it into third, and then I'd watch it ride. I would ride it until mm-hmm. it go. And then I mean, I was just like, I was trying to get there as quick as I could uh-huh. without hurting his car. <laughs> so is that I did what they that. told you to do? Like, did you get any in- advice on how to do this? No, not really. <laughs> you should. That's how my husband taught me to do a dirt bike. Here's your clutch. Here's your this. Here's your that. Okay. I ended up in some big bushes. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> this one's dirt bike, actually. And so they were just like, okay, you know, you can do it. And so I did it. So you were slamming into the gears. Yeah, I was just like, drop it down to first, then Mm -hmm. ride it out. Drop it to second. The minute I could switch a gear, Mm -hmm. I would. Um, I'd ride it to then. And then the first time I just, I did take it a little bit easy because I was nervous. Yeah. But I was close, but I didn't get the 130. How close were you? I don't remember. I wish I had saved the little papers. And maybe they're in this album somewhere. But um, my second round is when I let it rip and Uh I got it. Nice. And it was fine. It was so excited. On uh, my um, thing, you can see here that I was elated. <laughs> oh, this is you. And yeah, you that's your... <laughs> me. But this is a cute little officiant that was like, I think his name was Ken. Mm-hmm. He was the sweetest man. <laughs> anyway, he just pep taught me. Each time I would come around to do another um, lap, mm-hmm. he would just give me a little pep talk. He was so welcoming. Like, mm-hmm. it's. I'm sure they see a lot of guys on there, but mm-hmm. I think it's probably fun for them to see all people experience it. Yeah. And the one thing I want to say that's really cool is getting get a little emotional. <laughs> I have really great brother-in-laws. Like, my brother-in-laws, I feel like sometimes they almost get as much joy out of watching you enjoy yourself doing something that they like. Mm. Like... My brother-in-law, Carl, I don't even know if he raced that day, but he brought his car to do that. My brother-in-law, Scott, brought his car down, and that's what Steve used. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, Scott did it, but also Steve raced mm-hmm. that day. Um, my brother-in-law, Scott, had an old uh, military transport vehicle, an M37. We went four-wheeling in Moab one time. We were out here and totally let me drive. Mm -hmm. And I could have killed us because (laughs) I did not know. First, they were telling me, oh, first gear and second gear are sync road or something. So, like, you don't have to. They didn't tell me you you didn't don't push in the clutch for first and second gear. Uh So, we're going down something really, really steep. What do you do when you switch gears? You push the clutch in and you put it into gear, right? Right, right. The whole thing starts lurching forward like mm-hmm. fast and I'm my whole body's on the brake. Mm-hmm. Finally get the car the vehicle stopped and my brother-in-law like they're in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. Him and my nephew are standing in there watching this whole thing oh they're riding with me. Uh-huh. He leans down and he goes, "Never ever push the clutch in." For first and second gear when you're going downhill, and I'm just like, okay. No, I like, don't he could have been like he could have been like, get out of the seat. I'm driving. No, he was just really calm and like, 
like just it was good but they're always and the steve my other brother-in-law steve that was racing the first time i ever was in a race car was in his old like he had a capri Uh um it was a 68 capri Mm -hmm. and he raced at waterford oaks in michigan where we live right outside of detroit there's a race course out there and so Uh they had a family race day and stuffed me in that and went for it and my husband's like you're a better driver than a lot of my brothers. Not all of them. Not the ones that were racing. He's like, mm-hmm. you're a better driver. He goes, but the problem is you're going to be worried about breaking his car. Aww. He goes, they're going to drive it like they stole it. <laughs> you're going to be worried about breaking his car. It was a lot of fun. But they've always been very, very, I don't know, generous or inclusive. Yeah, just willing to let people. Yeah, it's Aww. been a wonderful thing. So in order to... Make all that happen on the salt flats that it took a family effort to do. What was it like driving 130 miles an hour? It feels like you're floating, quite honestly. You have no point of reference. So when you're going that fast and you're on the salt, typically when you're on the highway or if you're on a street, Mm -hmm. you have houses, you have mailboxes, you have roads, you have signs, you have lights, you Mm -hmm. have things to give you an indication of how fast you're going. When you're on the Bonneville Salt Flats, you have no indication other than what your speedometer is telling you and maybe a little bit how the car feels, but you literally feel like you're floating mm-hmm. because you have no markers. There are wow. There is a mountain range, but it's far away from you. Yeah. So you really don't have a good frame for our marker mm-hmm. for how fast. It's a very bizarre feeling. I really want to go back. And drive on it just in our normal car mm-hmm. because I want to enjoy that sensation. I was so fixated on like, like getting it almost speed. to the red and then dropping it down, dropping, you know, changing gears. Mm-hmm. So, but I want to like go out there and just kind of enjoy it and float. <laughs> like it was the coolest thing ever. Well, that's why this story I think was so exciting to me because I have done that with I had a my dad has an old sports car it was a Toyota Celica GT like nothing nothing fancy but yeah I remember taking it out on the salt flats thinking well if the speedometer says it can go to 150 the car should be able to go (laughs) and so we just found a spot it wasn't you know, somewhere they must have used it for one of these speed record things. They smooth it out. Yeah. Because yeah, that sand can get, the salt can get really And it ridged. can have seams. I noticed yeah. that like yeah. it'll get seams and those can be really hit, scary to hit. But I found a spot that was, you know, nice and dry and just hauled. And I found it like it stopped at 120. Yes. Because of the governor that they Yes, in yes, cars. they have a governor. I have a funny ah! story about this governor thing. Okay, so my, we got to say, what, what okay. a governor is just like a chip, right? Or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an electronic cars. thing to make you not go that Super, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a bat out of hell. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was so devastated. I, I know, you're like, not I'm to get it to go. It. Yeah. Well, when I just went living, uh, driving, learning to drive in Germany, and then post-driving in Germany, my um, dad had a Mercedes, and it could fly. Mm-hmm. So I never hit... The, re- the limiting thing. The, I didn't experience It didn't the have governor. a, yeah, it didn't I have I don't know what might have it if you tried to go faster, mm-hmm. but, um, and I've never pushed a car fast enough here in the U.S. other than the Bonneville Salt Flats, but I don't know if those are different. <laughs> if those cars have had some adjustments, I don't uh-huh. know enough about that. 
But you at least have experienced that sensation yeah, of floating. Okay. It's really cool. It is wild. I was terrified because because my track wasn't as smooth as probably yours was. So there were yeah, seams every once in a while. I mean, I wanted to go fast, but I couldn't. Still really worried about it. And then the other thing I noticed is um, your sure car gets like coated in salt. Yes. That's like the down. That's why I haven't taken a lot of other cars out there. Like, how do they cope with that? With the nice, like for your nice Corvettes. I would imagine that they're... I don't remember what they did afterwards. I'm assuming you wash it. Mm -hmm. You A lot of the car washes have an undercarriage wash. Mm -hmm. And I only know that coming from right outside of Detroit, that you always, like after a snowfall and all the salt's been out mm -hmm. on the road, you, everybody goes through a car wash because that'll eat at your car. Yeah, It'll corrode yeah. it. So, I mean, you could go do the Bonneville Salt Flats, but just go to a car wash. Make, and get a and get really it. good. Yeah, a really good one. I feel like you almost have to go a couple that times. That would be like a couple times. I'd be like, yeah, we're going to go again. Because like when you come off the track, it looks it's like coated. snow. It looks like snow. It looks like chunks of snow. When you're behind a car and they're going off at the start line, uh -huh. it is. it kicks up. It feels like, it looks like snow. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> Are they still racing or like? Yeah, they what? still do. Oh, my brother-in-law's, I d haven't done the speed week in a mm -hmm. long time. Mm -hmm. So they haven't done that, but they've moved on to other things. <laughs> do you think you'll ever go back and race or like where your heart was with racing and how does all, you know? I It was just a happenstance thing. Yeah. It wasn't like I <laughs> planned on it. I had no plans for it. It was just one of those, hey, maybe go see if you can do this. And I am of... <laughs> I always think you should try to have experiences in life. Yeah. Like you don't know how much time you're given. You don't, and you might have a lot of time, but you don't know what state your body will be in. Mm -hmm. You have to have things that make your life rich. And those are experiences. Yeah. Sometimes it's something that scares you a little bit. And I always try to, every couple of years, I, I think we talked about this before. Mm -hmm. I try to do something that really scares me every couple of years. Like it just, it makes me feel alive again. Like yeah. something that's very challenging, I find it just breathes life into you. I feel like they've done studies like, like, um, like mentally, emotionally, and even like neurologically, it just, you know, helps with longevity. Like it's just, your body needs those challenges and your mind needs those challenges and just like you're saying, pumping those endorphins and really like, you know, really good, like trying these darker, scarier parts of, like, mm -hmm. you know, what you've constructed in your mind to help push those limits. Just I feel it's just, yeah, makes a rich and meaningful life. It does. It means it. And I think also doing those things with people that you love mm -hmm. or the people yeah. that are really good, it's just, it brings it to a whole nother level. Like a lot of these things I've done with family mm -hmm. and then some of it with Mountain Mamas. Mm -hmm. So, and it's just a wonderful group of women to be able to, if you're afraid of anything and you want to try something, this is the most perfect organization mm. to just go into it because they're wonderful. They're uh -huh. compassionate, encouraging, and it's safe. It's a safe place to try things. And I think that's the big thing, like you're saying, whether it's with you're lucky enough to, like you to have a family that can be a safe place to try new things and if not yeah find a good group of friends or yeah come mm -hmm. play with us like and that's like yeah like that's the best place to, that you can feel like you can just get out there and just yeah and do it do all do all the things do all the things <laughs> explore all the things try things if you don't like something you still probably have learned something about it, right? Yeah. You, you've experienced it and you're like, maybe I'm, that's not for me. <laughs> but at least you've tried it in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Had I not, had I said no to this, like, 
it was such a fun thing to do. Yeah. And to have those interactions with people. I loved it. <laughs> I, I absolutely. This is such a fun story. I absolutely loved it. But if you, you work something up, one thing I wanted to say, if you work something up in your head so big and so scary, mm-hmm. you don't know how it is. Like for me, I always thought in the back of my head, I'm going to ski Mineral Basin. I'm going to ski Mineral Basin at some mm-hmm. point. And, and I had it worked up into my head that it was this really, really hard place to ski up at Snowbird Mm -hmm. it wasn't it was so fun and Mm -hmm. I don't know why I put it off for so long Mm -hmm. I just thought that I would be at a point where there was no return and that it would be this horrific experience and it wasn't I had like Mm -hmm. Colgate grin the whole time Ah. so I just think you should try things in life if there's an opportunity you just got to go for it I agree (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Monique, for sharing your stories with us today. It's been my pleasure. (laughs) And a delight. Always a delight. (laughs) And thank you for joining us, all you out there. Um, Feel free to share um, our podcast with your friends. We're just delighted to have you. Um, If you're here in the local Utah area, come join us um, at Mountain Mama's activities. We'd love to have you come play. Um, You can check us out on the website at mtmamas.org or follow us on Instagram at hashtag mtn. M-A-M-A-S, Utah. (laughs) Well, that's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains.